Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, September 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Financials gave global markets a life jacket on Monday, and tonight is the first U.S. presidential debate of 2020, while a series of bombshell stories from just the past couple of days put President Donald Trump on the defensive. Plus, the 60-40 portfolio has been a mainstay of financial planning for decades. But with the fallout from the pandemic, is it no longer a good bet? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. September has been a tough month for equity markets, but stocks made back some of their losses with a healthy Monday. The S&P 500 closed up 1.5%, and the Euro stock 600 index closed up a little more than 2%. Here to explain the sudden bounce is the FT's U.S. Capital Markets reporter, Richard Henderson. Rich, what happened on Monday to get investors back on track? Well, in a word, it was cyclicals, it was banks, it was a bit of a reduction in concern over this recent coronavirus wave we've had. The big story, I think, was really financials and what financials tell us about the stock market. So in Europe, we had the likes of Commerce Bank, BNP Paribas, Deutsche Bank, all gaining more than 5%. And that followed in the US, where we had moderate gains for JP Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup, all up 2 or 3%. So what does that tell us? As one person told me yesterday, these are the back-to-work stocks are doing well rather than the work-from-home stocks like those attractive tech companies that have been doing so well this year. So it's a return to growth. It's cyclicals, financials, value stocks doing quite well. Richard Henderson is the FT's U.S. Capital Markets reporter. Thanks, Rich. Thank you very much. Cheers. Even Saturday's announcement of President Donald Trump's Supreme Court pick feels like old news. It's been one bombshell after another for Donald Trump over the past couple of days. From leaked tax documents to allegations of voter suppression, there will be plenty of new fodder for the first presidential debate between Trump and Democratic nominee Joe Biden. I'm joined by the FT's Lauren Fedor to walk us through some of these reports Lauren, are you ready for tonight's debate? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Mark. Uh, It'll be 90 minutes, I think, nonstop. But uh, it's exciting. You know, I've been reporting on this campaign now for 18 months, and now we're in the final stretch. Yeah, it finally feels like it's coming to a culmination, which is a nice feeling considering how long this process in American politics can take. Um, And, of course, there's going to be some revelations coming up toward the end of the process. And uh, let's start with... One of the the latest, Donald Trump's tax returns. He's kept them secret for years, something that's kind of out of step for many modern-day presidential candidates who who have released them. Uh, What have we learned since this report came out? Yeah, so over the weekend, the New York Times managed to get their hands on more than a dozen years' worth of the president's tax returns. They haven't published the returns themselves, but they have written extensively on what they contain. And there's a lot of eye-opening information. So in 2016 and 2017, the president paid just $750 a year in federal income taxes. And in 11 of the more than dozen years that the paper reviewed, the president didn't pay any income taxes at all. Joe Biden's campaign has already jumped on this. They've pointed out that he's paid far less in federal income taxes than most ordinary Americans. And I think it's fair to say that that this is going to become a common theme on the campaign trail between now and, and Election Day. 
Yeah, and, and the big thing to take away from here is that he didn't pay these taxes largely because he lost money. And, you know, being a successful businessman has been such a key part of Trump's identity and a lot of what he campaigned himself on during 2016. And, and speaking of 2016, um, I want to talk about another breakout report that came out yesterday, and that was allegations of voter suppression uh, by the Trump campaign in 2016 when it came to black voters. What supposedly happened there? So Channel 4 News has gotten their hands on this huge reams of information, the data that Donald Trump's 2016 campaign was using to target voters online. As you kind of alluded to, the really kind of shocking revelation that they're reporting is that some three and a half million black American voters were categorized as deterrents, meaning that the Trump campaign was going to do whatever they could to encourage those people not to vote on election day. Uh, in 2016, as with this year, black Americans are overwhelmingly more likely to support a Democratic candidate than a Republican candidate. Campaigners are already saying that this is a, a new form of voter suppression. Uh, and I think we'll expect, you know, that there'll be an ongoing debate about this case and also about digital campaigning more broadly, something that has been a hot topic now for, for years. Um, so how do these new revelations play into tonight's debate, Lauren? So I think it's definitely fair to say that oh, we can expect these issues to be touched upon. The debate is 90 minutes long, and the moderator, a kind of veteran Fox News anchor named Chris Wallace, he's he's laid out his topics for the debate, the first of which is both Donald Trump and Joe Biden's records. So I think it's fair to say that we can imagine that the tax issue will either be brought up by the moderator or by Joe Biden. They also are expected to talk about race relations, something that has been a huge issue in America for very long time, but in the year 2020, following George Floyd's death and, and many other incidents of police violence, I can imagine that we'll be talking about voter suppression, black voters, their engagement or disengagement from the political process. Lauren Fedor is our Washington correspondent. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Mark. And stick around after the show. We'll have details on how you can follow tonight's debate, along with real-time commentary from some of the FT's finest. stocks, 40% bonds. That's been a classic portfolio for years. It even has a name, the 60-40 portfolio. But with the economic impact of the coronavirus, the 60-40 might be an endangered species. With me to talk about it is the FT's U.S. investment editor, Michael McKenzie. Michael, why has the 60-40 been so attractive for so long? Well, I think over the last four decades, we've had a very long-term trend of declining inflation, This has been extremely beneficial for financial assets, such as equities and bonds. So it's really been a a beautiful relationship between stocks and bonds, which has provided solid returns and without high volatility. And that's why investors have really benefited so much from this combination. I see where you're going with this. So what's changed, Michael, that, that has made this a less attractive option? Well, a couple of things. We could look at the equity market, and it's quite clear that We now have a very concentrated equity market when we're talking specifically about U.S. equities. If you include the big tech names alongside the S&P technology sector, we're talking about close to 40% of the entire S&P in terms of market cap is now those companies. So if you're looking at future returns in the equity world, you're really reliant on technology continuing to keep growing. The real important question for investors is, can the earnings of tech companies continue to deliver 
and allow comp- these companies to grow into their very extended valuations. Now, the rest of the equity market is going through a very difficult time because their growth prospects aren't so good. So realistically, it's hard to see where the growth is going to come from. And on the bond side, what's changed there, Michael? We now have a 10-year Treasury yield that sits well below 1%. It's just sitting there, anchored by a Federal Reserve policy. And the real problem here for investors who are taking a balanced approach towards equities and bonds is that if we have seen the decline of inflation over the last four decades, and we're now entering a new era where central banks and fiscal spending begin to work their way through the economy and we do get a higher inflation, then you certainly don't want to be owning bonds because bond yields are way too low. They don't provide you any protection from a higher rate of inflation. It wouldn't take much for inflation pressure to pick up to really hurt the bond market. And as yields rise, prices fall and investors will then have a negative return. So if the 60-40 is no longer a safe option, what are investors moving toward instead? Well, this is the big debate, and this has been underway for some time. We've really actually been seeing overall returns declining over the past decade. And so a number of investors began, particularly around 2015, really started to look seriously at private equity. And the issue with private equity is that some people say, you know, private equity tends to do well when we've gone through recessions because they tend to go and buy companies and restructure them and benefit from a a recovery in the economy. But the sort of counter to that argument at the moment is that some people believe, well, private equity charge a lot in fees, you tie your money up for a very long time. There's big question marks over just how good the performance can be, particularly if more and more investors are pushing more of their money into private equity as well. So, I mean, investing is challenging at the best of times, but I think, frankly, right now, it's very, very challenging for a number of reasons. Michael McKenzie is the FT's U.S. investment editor. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Mark. Want to watch tonight's U.S. presidential debate alongside your favorite FT columnists? Join Ed Luce, Rana Faruhar, and Peter Spiegel this evening for real-time commentary, shrewd analysis, and quick-witted banter. You can tune in from 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on the FT's homepage. And along with the U.S. presidential debate coverage, you can, of course, read all of the stories you heard on today's show on FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business... Whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.